Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Chapter 7, verse 4. Lev chachomim beves evel. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. Velev ksilim beves simcha. And the heart of the fools is in the house of rejoicing. Tagum says, Libon de chakimayo, the heart of the wise, Nein al churban beis muktisha is in mourning over the destruction of the holy temple. The otsiv al golus beis Israel and is saddened over the exile of the house of Israel. Vilev shatio and in contrast, the heart of the fools. In the rejoicing of the house of mockery, they eat and drink, and they pamper themselves, and do not place on their hearts the suffering of their brothers. So they emotionally detach from the suffering of their brothers in order to immerse themselves in the pursuit of pleasures. That's the heart of the wicked. As she says, Lev chachomim beves evel machshavtom the heart of the wise is considering and contemplating the day of death. A person thinks about the day of death that will alter how they live. It certainly is known, there's a lot of research about people's attitudes what people choose to do and spend their time when they perceive themselves closer to death. A very different focus. So, according to our sages, a person should repent the day before they die. That's one angle of thinking of the day of death. It, it puts a person's life in a perspective that every moment is precious and that is what the heart of the wise contemplates. In contrast, There is no trepidation in the hearts of the fools due to the day of death. They're hardened to the impending death that they will experience and don't feel any sense of fear that this is coming. Basically, cast out of their consciousness. Mitsuda says, Lev chachomim, nachshavos chachomim, hibeves avel. The heart or thoughts of the wise tends towards the house of mourning. Bechol eis, echashu be'enyin avelus. At all times they will contemplate in the matter of mourning, the man This has a very practical utility that it bends the heart to be vigilant 
from engaging in sin. person recognizes that the house of mourning is coming, so they will be humbled and they will be more concerned with avoiding sin. In contrast, the hearts of the fools always tend towards rejoicing and dancing, the kalos arosh, frivolity. Amargila vera, Matsudo's going in the same vein, contrasts that this type of activity brings one towards sin. So, engaging in this frivolity leads to sin, in contrast with the contemplation of the, the house of mourning, which guards a person from sin. Let's see this far now. Lev chachamim, beveis evel, alzeh yoid hanesayim. On this, we have the testimony of experience. Ki omnam hachachamim misatzvim al chisronam. The wise are saddened on account of their imperfections, the areas in which they are lacking, and are concerned for the future, the day of accounting, and they endeavor to acquire a lasting perfection, the thoughts of death lead a person, go to person to perfect themselves, to pursue something that will last beyond the immediacy of this here and now. The Leiv Ksilim, in contrast, the heart of the fools, the Ves Simcha, Smechim Al Hatainug, rejoice over pleasure, shuhove ato bilvat, that is in the present, now, exclusively. It does not carry over into the future. Bilti roim eshanola. So the heart of the fools is, is engrossed in achieving immediate gratification without any consideration of the consequence. Let's see the Ibn Ezra. Lev Chachomim, Acha Shehizkir Tov Lelecha Salbeis. Pasuk Beis. After the mention, it's good to go to the house of Abel of mourning. So this is following up with that. Omar Ki Chachme Lev, Afilu Ki Shelo Yelchol Beis Abel. Beis Abel, Tomei Belibo. The wise-hearted don't need to have the stimulus of exposure to the house of mourning but rather because they are wise of heart they direct their heart to experience the correct sense of their limited time not that it would be crippling god forbid but the right balance it's on the back burner so to speak of their consciousness without needing to go to the house of mourning, it's in their hearts. That is a, a feature of the wise-hearted. That's where they move their hearts to keep this in mind and at heart to guide how to live. Let's take a look at the next Pasuk. Pasuk Hei. Tov Garas Chacham Me'ishomea Shi'ekselim Better to hear the growl of the wise, a rebuking growl, than a man who hears the song of fools. Targum explains that. Tov Lemitav 
the Midrash space Upana. Better to sit and learn in a house of teaching. Ulamishma Nezuf Givar Hakimo Beoraisa and to hear or accept the rebuke of a wise man that is coming in enlightenment of the Torah. This is preferable to a man who goes to hear the seasoned, beautiful voice of the fools. Rashi says, oh, There's no Rashi in Pasuk, hey? Metsudas David, Tov Lishmoa. It is better to hear this rebuking growl from the wise even though it causes the heart to experience terror. Nonetheless, on the whole, it is considered good. It's not the way of the wise to make heard a rebuke, a growling rebuke, unless it is targeted for the purpose of setting a person straight, that he, he should go on a straight path. If so, although unpleasant, perhaps even terrifying, this rebuke, this growl, is actually for the good of the one hearing it, of the recipient. So that's preferable. Mi'ish, rotzeloma. Afalpishu ish. The contrast of the Metsudas David between the first part of the verse and the second part is somewhat subtle. It says, Mi'ish shomea shirksilin. From a man who hears the song of fools, and man, oftentimes, the word ish, gives a connotation of substance, of significance, greatness. And that is what the Mitzvah's David says over here. Af imhu ish choshev, yore Elohim. Even if we're speaking about somebody who is an ish choshev, he's a God-fearing person. Lo yokel rosh, Ba'avur Still, he's, he's not going to be lightheaded and get engrossed in frivolousness on account of hearing the song. And therefore, he will be able to sift out a positive experience from the mixed bag of the song given by the fool, this song brings rejoicing to the heart. And it removes from the heart a sense of mourning or of, of, of suffering. So this is something that is good. He's using the song. He's a, a God-fearing person. He's using it in a way that's healthy, constructive. So it's good. Nonetheless, Since the ones who are singing are fools, it's impossible that he's not going to be exposed to some elements of frivolousness. And for the moment, until he banishes it from his heart, he is going to be enmeshed in this kalusrosh, lightheadedness, frivolousness, and therefore, preferable to Yosef Tov. It is better. It's not that 
there's not an advantage and a benefit of an ish chosh of Yorelekim to use this music to his benefit, to his good. It is good. But better than that is to have the growling rebuke from the wise. That also is a mixed bag and that it terrifies his heart. So there's some good in both and some less than good in both. But better is the first option. To, to be willing to sustain the terror of the heart for something that will straighten a person to the right path, that is better than using the music coming forth from the mouth of the fool even for positive utility. It's going to help him. It'll remove the uh, bad mood he has or his sense of doom, whatever it might be. It can be beneficial for him, but he's got to weed through the lyrics that are callous rosh, their thoughts of frivolousness that he should banish. And while it is important to do self-examination, maybe vexation can motivate the, the cheshpan nefesh, the, self, the counting of the soul, but I would assume that we, we don't want to have uh, rage. Correct, uh, correct. The, the Talmud equates it with idolatry, certainly something to avoid. So the the tendency to cultivate rage deliberately is a very dangerous one and the translation that Targum gives regiz dergaz rogez is also used in Hebrew it conveys the same idea he's he's explaining it as anger or or rage but it, it's it's something that can take over a person and essentially the, the, the commonality, if you will, with rage and idolatry is that the person relinquishes their faculty of, of reason to, instead of the pantheon of, of gods, to the whim of the rage. And it's, it is a form of idolatry that is in conflict with wisdom and rage and, and entertaining rage actually diminishes a person's wisdom and knowledge. I think that there's another element that the anger being mentioned is a, an anger that is directed against the evil inclination that a, a person can arouse a sense of anger at an adversary and recognizing that it's coming to kill him every single day can lead a person to more effectively combat the evil inclination. So that the anger directed at the evil inclination is a, a reasonable uh, channeling uh, of uh, addressing the enemy as such. So is that what it means, like be angry at the evil inclination and then do not sin? Right, basically don't surrender, essentially. Don't surrender. Right. Huh. Which, with the, the fight and war with the evil inclination, surrender would be sin. Yeah, so we, we did see a little bit of Pasa Gimel, but we... Didn't get to all the commentaries. Can go back to see some of it. Tov kas misachok. Better is the anger over rejoicing or laughter. Kiviroa ponim yitavlet. For in the dour face one can rectify the heart. Being the recipient of this 
Ruapanim can help a person bring their heart to become better. And Targum explains it as talking about the relationship that God has with various people. Tav regiz de gaz mare almo al tzadikayo. Better is the expression of anger in this world that God expresses to the righteous. Ba'almadein in this world. Minchocha dihu mechayech im rashayo. That's better than the smile that he shows to the wicked. Arum ba'avoshus apishchinta because the bad of the face of the Divine Presence, so it's, what that means is that a sense of God meeting out punishment, famine, lack, in the world, begin le'otava, leave tzadikaya. This has a purpose, a purpose, a utility to bring the heart of the righteous back towards good. Vitsalun kodomor almo, and they will pray before the master of the universe. Vumirachim alveon, and he will be merciful upon them. So the ro'aponim, the expression of judgment that God shows to the righteous brings them around, brings them to prayer, brings them to arouse divine mercy. So it's better. The kas is better than the schok. The schok that the wicked experience in this world doesn't lead to a better future. Rashi says, Tov kas mischok, misho defes minasadin achrov al If somebody feels that they are being pursued by divine judgment, they should not feel in pain over that. Tov hailehem lodoramabu. Better for the generation of the flood. Im hermakarjbarhu panim zomos alveres shibiyadam. Would have been better for the generation of the flood to have received the rebuke from God. They didn't, and everything was good by all appearances. Had they experienced some shaking up of their status quo, and they experienced some challenge then they would have returned to do good. Right, we saw on the individual level, Adoniyahu, same thing. Would have been better had David Melech saddened Adoniyahu by telling him off, rebuking him for the sins that he engaged in. And in the end, David Melech did not rebuke him and he was killed. We did not see the Ibn Ezra on this. The long Ibn Ezra. Tov Ka'as. Kvar biro chachme arayos sheish balam shalosh nefashos. It's already been explained by the wise ones who take from proofs that a person has Three facets of the soul, three souls, if you will. Ahas, nefesh, hatzomahas. One is the soul that grows. Ve'inyan kikemoshiyesh b'minet smachim. V'adashoyim kol et koach krashmo nefesh. This is something that any living being that grows, even plant life, exhibits, and this is called nefesh. Oh, or an innate desire to grow. Geshem Hatsemach Vyagvenu Vyachivenu. 
the physical growth of the sprouting and elevating, the, the rising up and the spreading out, that is a feature of what's called nefesh, this too is a feature of man. This soul strengthens until a certain point. This soul is the one that has desires and needs to eat. The second one, Nefesh Behemo, this is the animalistic soul. Vibalos Haragoshos, this is the soul that has the features of feelings. Chamisha, five senses. Vibalos Hatnua, it is the soul that has the faculty. Of mobility. This is shared not just by animals, but also by man. So man has the soul that is shared with animals as well as with the plants, is what he's saying. But man alone has a third faculty of the soul. That is called the Neshama. He Hamedaberes. This is the soul that can speak and is able to discern between truth and falsehood and is the soul that becomes wise. The middle soul between the soul that is shared with plant life and the Soul of the intellect, the middle soul. God planted in each man, and it is called the heart to fulfill the desires of each soul at its time. The Gam Azreo. So the souls will help him fulfill his obligations in everything that he needs to be sustained. This book is not prepared to speak about the secrets of the soul because it is quite deep. And the one who discerns and understands is not able to stand on the truth unless he has investigated through many books. Had I not found it necessary to recall the various facets of the souls, Bavur in order to explain the verses, I would not have said anything, not by way of generalization, and certainly not any details. Why is this necessary? That Ibn Ezra is trying to expose that a person recognized in the words of King Solomon in this book, words that are challenging, we find in many instances King Solomon says one thing and then seems to say something with the opposite, opposite implication. And because of this feature of the work of Kohelas, the sages of Israel said in Shabbos 30b, they sought to bury the book of Kohelis. Because the works of Kohelis contradict each other. The words in one place seem to undermine the words of the other place within the same book. 
Amar tov kas mischok. One verse. Verse three. Better is anger than the rejoicing, the laughing. But conversely, the hefelzet kikas bechexilim yanoah. That anger is resting, finds welcome in the heart, the bosom of the fools. So, how do you deal with these two verses that seem to imply the opposite? Similarly, in much wisdom, there's much anger. But conversely, King Solomon says, remove the anger from your heart. And he says, a similar example of this contradiction or apparent contradiction, better, beautiful to go and eat and drink. And the converse, go to, better to go to the house of the mourner. And another example, the Shabbat Simcha, I praise rejoicing. And I said concerning rejoicing, what does it do? Another example, King Solomon says, what is the advantage or profit of the wise over the fool? He also says there is an advantage of wisdom, like light over darkness. So all these verses seem to be promoting opposite conclusions. He has a verse praising the dead. Conversely, better the, the living dog than the dead lion. Another verse says there is no action or uh, ledger, knowledge, wisdom in the grave. To the converse, there is a time for everything. There's that uh, good will not be for the wicked and will not have length of days. You do have the verse saying that there are wicked that engage at length in their evil. That shall be good for those who fear God. To the contrary, there are wicked that receive in apparent result of their wickedness, the benefits as though they engage in the acts of the righteous. One who seeks very carefully, Yimtza will find more examples like these in this book. Kohelis is filled with ideas that seem to be contrary to one another. And it's known, it's obvious that the smallest, lightest of the wise would not compose a book and undermine and contradict his own words in his own book. And it was needed, one of the commentaries explained the word Koheles, it's like the gathering of Jacob, that it was a gathering of the students, or student of King Solomon, who composed this book, and this gathering of teachings from the students said, according to their own understanding, and naturally, the students didn't see eye to eye, so you have contradictions. The master says, this is false. It is not correct at all. 
בבור, ויוסי שהיה כבד הסככה, והנה הוא אדמך. It seems to be apparent that Kohelis is an individual, one man. Based on the verse, chapter 12, verse 9. V'od, bikesh Kohelis Also in verse 10 over there. It appears that he's an individual. V'araya gemura, and the best proof is looking at the beginning of the book. Ani Kohelis, ha'isi mel. Chapter 1, verse 12. I am Kohelis, I was king. It's an individual. And after the verse in the book of Kings 1, chapter 3, verse 12 says, Testimony concerning King Solomon. No one shall come up in wisdom after that will be in his caliber. So we have known that in his words, there is no contradiction. They are all comprehensible to the understanding, and they are straight to the one who is able to find the knowledge. And now, if I show some, I'm going to explain them briefly. Even though these three souls are called by one name, Ba'avur, his achdus, because of their unity, Keneshama, Tikra, Ruach, Benepesh, the Neshama is called the spirit and the soul, or the breath of life, if you will. L'chein, Asim Shemos Lehem, therefore I will give them names, Leman Lo Arich, Torah, Kol Achas. In order not to, at length, need to keep repeating the features of each one, I'll just give them names. V'yashem ha-nefesh, so I'll use the term nefesh to refer to ha-metav the soul that desires to eat, l'ismoach, to rejoice, cheshek, amishkal, the desires that is in- incorporated in the name nefesh, according to the Ibn Ezra, Carnal desires. This name called Nefesh is sensitive. The soul that desires mastery, domination, greatness, that is going to be what he te- determines the name is Ruach, the spirit. So the third soul, that is the faculty of the intellect, he is terming, it's giving it the, the title Nishama. This is also divided in this manner by Rav Sadia Gon. And it is known, Ki bizgaber nefesh techla shanashama. The various soul powers are at odds with one another, and the strengthening of the soul that desires physicality weakens the soul of the intellect. And on a head-on face-off between the two, the neshama has no chance. Bavur, he also goof, because the souls are embedded within the body, all of the uh, inclinations will rally to help the nefesh. One who makes it his business to pursue eating and drinking will never become wise. The strategy to give ascension to the neshama, the faculty of the intellect, is by combining and joining forces with the ruach, with the spirit. This will open the eyes a little 
of the neshama, the havin chachmas hagvius to understand the wisdom, physical wisdom, natural sciences. Lechein lo suchaladas hachachmas halyonos. There's a an inability, a ceiling, if you will, to know the more esoteric forms of wisdom. Bavur koach haruach hamivakesh esrara. Vehi amolida hakas. The reason why the soul, the neshama, uh, that is the seat of the intellect, is unable to apprehend the more esoteric forms of wisdom is because it's joined up with the spirit, the ruach, that seeks domination and power, and it also gives birth to the emotion of anger. Vihine, zapirush tov kas and now he's giving you the background to understand what he means. Better is anger than rejoicing. The matter is that with the expression of a dour face, the heart will be brought back to good. That is fear. Like Yosef said, to the, the baker and the butler, why are your faces down or bad today? The Indian lave was The heart is referring to the intellect. After the strengthening of the faculty of, of the mind over the nefesh, over the base desires, with the assistance of the more subtle emotional desires, now the neshama needs to toil in wisdom, to support it, in order to overcome the limiting effect of the spirit, which tends towards anger, and ensure that the neshama is able to dominate over the ruach as well. So the neshama will lose hands down against the nefesh with the assistance of the ruach. The neshama and ruach together can overpower the nefesh. But that, that is not adequate to achieve higher levels of wisdom. The neshama needs to open its own strength through exposure to wisdom in order to gain mastery over the ruach and overcome the anger and be able to gain access to the higher wisdom. This is the explanation of the verse. Do not be disoriented with your spirit towards anger. As well as the explanation that in the hearts of the fools rests anger. That it abides by them eternally. And it does not Move away from that. In contrast, by the wise, the mastery of the Ruach, which does entail as well Ka'as, is only in a position of mastery occasionally at times of need. The Indian Kibarov Chachma Rov Ka'as, the matter that with an abundance of wisdom, there is a commensurate increase in anger. This is working together with a verse. Do not become wise further. Because most of the wisdom will increase his anger. On the frivolous hot air that pervades our world. And on people. And he will be 
he, he will go out from civilization. Ke'inyan, lama tushomim, like the, the matter of why become desolate. V'yamas blow ito, and he will die before his time. Al-Kain, therefore, hatov adam the good choice for man, she'yishkel kol dvarav, that he should weigh out all of his matters, v'inyonov, and his, each component, v'mosnet tzedek, with a fine weight, a, a fine scale. V'yitin chelik chol nefesh v'ito, and give each portion, each facet of this soul, at its time, the appropriate opportunity to shine, to dominate, as it were, the Indian, and the matter of removing anger from your heart, this is the injunction, do not allow the spirit to dominate you, and similarly, the removal of evil from your flesh is referring to the desires, the base desires. For if one would just eat any and all foods that he desires to eat, he will bring evil to his flesh. And similarly, if he engages in the pursuit of his desires, he will destroy himself. His flesh means his body. He can engage in the pursuit of his pleasures to the destruction of his own body. So this verse is recalling that a person, a person should seek to weaken the power of Ruach that is the master of anger and the soul that is the, the master of desire, and the explanation of the verse that it is good, beautiful to eat and drink, this is corresponding to the verse, the fool who to- toils to amass money and does not enjoy from it, Better to, to go to the house of mourning. Who am That is the truth. So he, he's now giving a series of pairs of verses and saying that one represents the more dominant truth, if you will. Of course, he already told us that it's one author. It's King Solomon. And it's not a conflict inherently between one verse and the next, but one verse more generally reflects the the baseline truth, and the other that seems to be in conflict has a more narrow application. So when he says he ames, when he says it's the truth, he means in the broad sense, it's more regularly the truth. What is the advantage, a profit of the wise? If the wise does the actions of the fool, he does engage in foolishness that he, he doesn't satisfy his soul, what profit has he gained? And the advantage of wisdom over foolishness, that is the truth, meaning if somebody has wisdom, but doesn't apply it, so what has he achieved with his wisdom over the fool? That is the specific case where the wisdom is not actually of benefit, but what is more generally true is that wisdom exceeds the benefit of fool, uh, uh, folly like light over darkness. Similarly, and I praised Rejoicing. Those who toil in the world and do not seek wisdom. Those that are happy-go-lucky and rejoicing are better than those that they're more praiseworthy, more 
worthwhile, if you will, than those that are in, in worry over loss and mourning. And for rejoicing, what does it do? That's the truth. That is the more baseline truth that Simcha is not a utility, typically speaking, of in of itself. It's not a something to be pursued for its own sake. Pirush and I've praised the dead. That's in contrast to those that are being pushed down and subjugated. And the matter of the advantage, better the living dog over the deadline. That is the words of people. That's what people say. The gam kos of lamalo, the gam livne adam, mole ra the holalos and also the heart of man is filled with evil and frivolity in their hearts. and similarly, and there is no deed or tally in the grave. Divrayim, that's what people say. The Indian. The idea that there's a time for for each object. Who emes? That is the truth. The broader truth. The Indian vatov lo yelarasha, the lo yarech yomim and there will not be good for the wicked, and he will not have a length of days, but rather he he will be like a shadow. Alarovidaber. That's speaking about what's typical. Typically, the wicked burn themselves out. The Indian Yesh Rasha, and the idea of there being a wicked one who does have length of days, who animso the prokimatim, that is the rare exception. Kvar Sefe, I already recalled in the beginning of the book, in the introduction. Kibavur Rama'at, on account of a little evil, Ein Bachachma Eliona Limnoa Tovrat. There is not within the supernal wisdom to hold back a great good. So, in spite of the potential of the appearance of, of contradiction, still, it's, it's not worth holding back from people the access to a great good. Similarly, in the book of Proverbs, one would speak and gather fist over fist much. That is the truth. And there is one who spreads about and gives a lot, but then gathers again. That is unusual. Typically, the one who spends the, what he has too much doesn't have an, another shot at doing it again, typically. There are wicked that receive the what appears to be the benefits as though they were righteous. What you find in this verse, in this book, one manner that another verse seems to contradict that Gamki Timsu Sefer Mishle Kamo. We we also have this idea found in verses in Proverbs. Kamo Al Tanksil, don't answer the fool. Anaxil and answer the fool. Gamkain Bdivinavim. This is a feature, this apparent contradiction, the paradox of verses. You find it not just in Kohelas, you find it in Mishle, it's also in Nevi'im. And in the Torah, However, you will not have any paupers in your midst. That's in Devarim, Tezvav Dalad. And then, conversely, And they will not seize from you the paupers. And the bottom line is they're all true. It's just a matter of knowing the context. And what is the primary verse? And what, which verse is the, the outlier? 
that does not represent the basic common truth. That's the Ibn Ezra on Pasuk Gimel. Right. Yeah, he's giving it a huge guidance into how to understand that it's all coming from one distilled place, and it's not a matter of contradiction, but a matter of how to resolve where is this true and where is that true. Yeah, and this could be the introduction to the whole book. Right, yeah, he references this introduction as well. And the, the idea of finding the right balance, where to give ascension to any given approach, is, is really the idea he's saying of, of how, in the soul, which faculties we have, at what point should we give them uh, their, their ascension, as it were, whether it be the, the nefesh, the ruach, or the neshama, he's saying an imbalance is going to lead to destruction. So the, the obvious case, just to, to recap, right, would be that the nefesh run amok would undermine the person's ability to get beyond the pursuit of eating and drinking. And the utility of the emotions and the, the higher desires, let's say a power or of glory, something to that effect is helpful to utilize and, and harness in the pursuit of the nishama, of, of gaining intellect. It, it, it can work together with intellect to override the desires of the nefesh. However, it can short-circuit the process if the ruach is given too much domination. Because the ruach, when confronted with challenge, which is invariably a process of processing through a new puzzle, a new thing to understand, the ruach can be set back and angered. That is the, the emotional challenge of trying to understand something new. To get to the higher knowledge, higher wisdom, requires using the wisdom that we have, getting, creating a framework to strengthen the neshama, the intellectual soul, and not rely on the ruach, which, to, to look at it from the, the words of Chazal, the ruach, if you will, would provide the shelolishma. It would be the engine of pursuing wisdom, the olam yasak adam b'torah mitzvahs, shelolishma, for ulterior motives. person wants to, to learn the wisdom of the Torah because they think it's going to yield something positive for them. This is an ulterior motive. A person should not reject that, but utilize it, but only in as much as it's functioning under the, the real goal of gaining the Torah itself, of enhancing the neshama, that is the, the real goal, and the nefesh is, needs to, sorry, the neshama needs to be dominating over the ruach, when they work together to uh, overcome the drives of the nefesh. What's more subtle is the potential disaster of just having the neshama be in domination. If the neshama alone is in domination, you have a destructive possibility as well, like we find by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his son. When they left the cave, they were not able to integrate, they were unable to relate to people engaging in what they viewed as frivolous pursuits in this world, and it led to destruction. So that was the overwhelming power of the neshama, not having any check from the nefesh, and that also led to destruction and isolation and an inability to relate and to be part of a yishu. So, the idea that Ben Ezra is saying is that a person who is a chacham needs to judiciously bring to the fore in each circumstance the powers of the soul that are appropriate to dominate at any given time. So if a person is meant to do the mitzvah of eating matzah, 
they should not be suppressing their nefesh at that time. They should be feeling the hunger and desire to eat the matzah. Lite avon. With gusto. That is how to do the mitzvah in the highest way. It's a better eating. So the domination of the nefesh has its place. The ruach and the neshama, each one needs to be weighed out and balanced to, to create the ideal, to foster the ideal. And he says that in the general sense of looking at the verses that seem to be in contradiction, it's really going along the same idea. Where is one particular recommendation, the, the primary recommendation? What seems to be in conflict to that is a unique circumstance that does not reflect a contradiction, but rather a, a resolution of utilizing the opposite to achieve a better balance of a greater good. So that, that is, in a nutshell, his thesis of all of the verses that seem to conflict, which he says there are many that he doesn't even mention, it, it's all about finding a balance using seeming contradiction to, to orient oneself towards uh, the ideal path.